Oregon Republican legislators fleeing the Capitol on the way out of there. Hey, the Democrats got a racist in Biden. Congratulations. Tanahasi Coates on reparations. The oh. revolution will not be televised. No. <laughs> and incompetent Inslee is going to build a wall. He's going to build a wall. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? Hey, y'all, welcome to Cross Politics. We also got a great lineup Ooh, with you guys. We got Doug Tenable. Doug Tenable is good. And Rod Martin coming on the show. So, guys. That's guys, two. guys, it's like gonna blow your mind. Yeah, like it's like a it's like a one-two punch. Pastor Toby, Jack Knox, Waterboy, good to boom. be with you guys. Boom, you're gonna be dead. All right, if you guys are following this, um, Oregon Republican legislators, there's o- not very many. Okay, right, because Oregon's liberal, right? They're, they're a minority. Actually, I take that back. They're a minority. Political minority. The I five corridor is all liberal, and then the rest of Oregon's all conservative. Endangered species, exactly. But the I five corridor <laughs> has all the population. Can we protect those endangered species? <laughs> We're about so to find out. What is going on in Oregon is the Democrats are trying to pass a climate change bill in Oregon, right? And the only mechanism that the Republicans have, because they don't have majority, they don't have anything. They hardly have anything. The only mechanism they have is to leave the Capitol. Uh, uh, during, so not show up. Not show up. So they have no quorum to be able to deal with mm. the climate change bill. Okay. Praise God so, for those Oregon Republicans. Exactly. So they all left the Capitol. Yeah. And then the governor of Oregon says, uh, hey, cops, go arrest them and bring them back to the Capitol. What? Literally. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so the governor of Oregon saying, hey, go, go, go tame them. Round, round, go round, round them, them up. up. And, and bring, bring it back to the capital. So we have our corn. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, man. And then, cattle. And, <laughs> and then if this ain't good enough, uh, incompetent Inslee, Jay Ooh. Inslee. It is time to walk away from the politics of the past and towards something totally different. People are lining up for food. That's a good thing. I'm a hugger. I'm a kisser. And I'm a little bit of a snip. Raising the minimum wage does not hurt business. It grows business. No, it doesn't. So- proud of you guys mm. i am spartacus <laughs> wait for it <laughs> that little moment where he's i'm a i'm, I'm a hunger i'm a sniffer whatever well, I'm, is, a, I'm a kisser uh, that's been in my head all week and i can't what is that at the end when he's screaming oh you don't know who that is no i don't even know okay who that is. what was it um what was his name he's chair of the uh, democratic party for a while but he was running for president back with against bush uh, uh, um not al what was it got the, oh i can't remember his name but he was at a john route, Kerry. no 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 before john Kerry. He was at a rally, and he and got he really excited. And let out and his little scream. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that lost him the race. He lost his whole yeah. race. He the, was doing really good and lost the whole race off of that, that one scream. yell. Wow, and man. I thought, like, that's so, actually So incompetent Inslee, yeah. um, Hunger Games 2020. That was the point of all yeah, that. Sorry. <laughs> Just <laughs> F- <laughs> FYI. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. He says, to the Republican senators fleeing Oregon to stop climate change legislation, you are not welcome in Washington. Stop this foolish stunt. Oh, so you're not going to let the Republican refugees come over to the, yeah, there's over a concentration the camp in Washington, is what he's saying. <laughs> We're going to detain them. He can refuse access. <laughs> is he going to separate the children? Just, well, yeah. I'm just surprised. I like the fact that he can refuse access. Yeah. You yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Something no, no, that's, that's the thing know. I actually like about yeah. this. I mean, I think, first of all, Republicans, way to go, way to stand yeah. your ground, way to yeah. hide. I hope you're fishing somewhere, and I think it's, I hope it's beautiful weather. <laughs> um, that's right. Secondly, um, yeah, I like the states, like, sort of like, you know, acting all tough. Yeah, I do too. 
um, you know, no, courage I, think, is beginning I, courage. I think this is um, nonsense. I mean, what they're actually wanting to try Quite to use change. this courage they're for. They're trying to pass gravity bills. But I hope that Christians and conservatives are taking notes because, you know, when Idaho passes its ban on abortion. And we yeah. will. Come on, and Jesus. And we will. And the Supreme Court comes and says, yeah. excuse me, can I talk to you, governor, whatever? Mm-hmm. We go fishing. We are fishing. We are fishing. We are fishing. We are fishing. (laughs) Because it's Idaho. Yeah. We're also going hunting. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we we don't got, we're not home. No. No. Sorry, we're not home. We can't talk to you right now. Please leave a message at the tone. We'll be back as soon as we can. Uh, We go out fishing. We're sharpening our knives and loading our guns. All right, so if you guys aren't following the rest of Hunger Games 2020, Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Cory Booker are getting into a little oh, um, oh. scuffle. They've been, but if you guys, hey, you guys mark mark my words right mark, now, I'm right now, them. I don't like mark them and mic them. Okay, uh, Joe Biden right now is getting treated like Sarah Palin, but if he gets elected, he's yeah. going to get treated like AOC. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So right now, the media, the the okay. liberal media is not so that he, excited about Biden. Right now, he's the dork. They're more progressive than Biden is. right But if now. he gets elected, then he's going to be the sexy gonna, hero. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's why you keep seeing all these right. things up, like. Like his um, comments about segregation have been around in the news since oh, yeah. the seventies. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's been sniffing his, people's sniffing hair, hair forever, touching women, and just all of a sudden it becomes a problem with liberal media. Well, they, they start pointing out all of a sudden conservatives have been passing memes around all over the place yeah, about the him. The thing is, him. is that Joe Biden is the only chance in I don't know, yeah, uh-huh. the universe. Fill in the blank. The hell, hell blank freezes over. Blank, blank, blank. <laughs> yeah, you homeschoolers yeah. got words, Joe. <laughs> Joe Biden is the only chance they yeah. have of even showing up. Because he, yeah. Yeah, he's the only way he can split in the conservative twenty yeah, twenty. That's, right. yeah. that's right. And um and but all, but he is not an extremist. No, he's he, not. He, I mean, he is, but he, he's not. He is, yeah. but he's willing to sort of play the old political game. Yeah. Yeah. And so the liberals of the leftists, the hard leftists, hate him. And so yeah. that's actually what they're fighting about. That's what they're fighting bit, about, right? So Senator Cory Booker. Yeah. So everyone's Biden's the front runner. So everyone's trying to go after yeah. uh, you know Biden. So Senator Cory Booker picks Crabs a fight. Over remarks Biden made uh, this past week, and he wanted Biden to apologize for him. So yeah. uh, Biden, Biden at a fundraiser. What's our creepy Biden? Creepy Joe. That's right. Creepy Joe. Creepy Joe at a at a fundraiser said um, he's talking about his old uh, Democratic colleagues Jim Eastland and uh, what was the other? Oh, oh Herman Talmadge. Yeah. They're both Democrats. But they were both segregationists. Right. Wait, wait. You said Democrats were segregationists? Yeah. Oh, they were all oh, segregationists. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. turns so, out. So mm. Biden basically made comments like, you know, hey, I had to work with them. I work with them. I, you got you to make a deal. You got to figure out how to work with them. Right, and, right. And, and, and that made Cory Booker like, hey, you don't work with racists. Yeah, he said that Biden should apologize. Yep. And then Biden responded by yep. saying, Cory should apologize. <laughs> he knows better. Yep. There's not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career, period. Period. That's right. Period. That's right. This is interesting because it's funny to me. Black people have been working with racists for a long time. I don't understand. Black people have been, yeah, Democrats. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. That too. <laughs> I mean, but all the way around, it's like, it's just part, we've had to. I don't understand yeah. why this is a hard thing. Black people have had to work through this process. Right. And otherwise, you don't get anything done. So it's yeah. like, we've made it work. We've had to work with people we haven't liked but and see, who haven't liked us. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that the Democratic Party really has. They, been the party that actually championed to your point. segregationism to your point. Yeah, and, absolutely. and racism far yeah. more. So we're good at working with racists. Yeah. We interviewed, what's his name? Black Yellow Dogs. Ben, uh, ben Kinslow. Ben Kinslow yeah. back in the day. Check it out if you never read Black Yellow Dogs. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's just this, like, this expose of the reality of Democrats and Republicans and where slavery yeah. came. Oh, it's all this. Cra- yeah. this cra- Speaking of slavery, 
I just think we're so far removed from the event. It was the original sin of the country, and I think let's just make it a more perfect union rather than looking backward because I don't know where it stops when you do that. No one currently alive was responsible for that. And I don't think we should be uh, trying to figure out uh, how to compensate for it. First of all, it'd be pretty hard to figure out who to compensate. You know, and one of the one of the points uh, that struck me about the Georgetown story, and I think Georgetown's fascinating, right? Because here's like a this isn't the whole country. It's one university. Right. It's a laboratory. It's a little pilot program. Right. But in that case, it's like there are records of this stuff. Oh, sure. Like, so they, they, they have the 272 no, no, names. No, 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 no. They have the amount of money yeah. that they're going to spend. Right. And they have a community where they right. can track the descendants. I mean, I mean, listen, the first thing is, you know, as I said yesterday, A, this isn't just about enslavement, right? So, yes, you, you can actually track enslavement. But Jim Crow, I mean, that, that's easy. To, I mean, I went and found them. I did that, you know? The, the first, the opening of that article right. in The Atlantic is an right. interview with a homeowner from right. Chicago, the west side of Chicago. Right, right, right. Uh, so it's not actually hard to find people that were victimized, that's, that suffered. But, you know, that lost wealth, you know, had wealth stolen from them underneath it. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, people who, you know, feel like, well, the problem here is we can't identify, you know, who it is. Why don't you support H.R. 40 and then let's find out? Because H.R. 40 is just a study. Why, why don't we find out? That's my challenge. Okay, you feel like that? Possibly you're right. Support the study and then let's find out. You know, you know what you can track right now is abortions. <laughs> it says here, let's blow the wig back off this cross-dressing, uncircumcised Trojan horse. <laughs> I might have wrote that before I had my coffee in the morning. <laughs> that's that's, that's dressing uncircumcised Trojan horse. Yeah, because this isn't about reparations. It's not about slavery. This is about worship and idolatry. What? This is about what? When you hear the sound of the lyre of the of the of these gods of reparations, oh, who's oh, yeah. going to bow? Oh, the, the sound of all the instruments play. That's right. This is this is the sound of the false prophets cutting themselves. Before their God to try and get him to do something. But Chocolate Knox, he's but Tanaka Coates, he's he's such a slick black man. He's well dressed. He's, he's a false prophet, is what he is. Oh. And, oh, 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 oh. And, and he's an intelligent one. Because here's the deal: what they're doing is they're trying to say, God, guys, here's the laws of our God. Right. Here's the here's the sanctions of our God. Because when when people, this is exactly what atheists do, and we're we're good at picking it up when it comes to the moral argument with atheists because we know atheists don't have a sense of morality. But with people like Ta-Nehisi Coates, we don't think that when they're talking about morality, they're talking about religion. Yeah. And so when he's talking about morality, when he's talking about how to fix things that are wrong, right. we should be asking what God is he appealing to? Yeah. And the, the question is, he's not appealing to the true God. He's not appealing to the God of the Bible. He, knowing, who knowing who Coates is, he doesn't like that but, God. Okay, okay real, real quick. No, so, he doesn't. And so, but, but, he's but, clear hold, about that. Hold on, hold on. Right. But he said... so. One of the thi- one of the objections that frequently comes, and um, Lindsey Graham, and who's the other guy who was talking at the beginning? McConnell. 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 Um, McConnell. Who's really funny? I want you to come up with like a, a something for McConnell. A, yeah, something for McConnell. He's just really funny. Um, but uh, um, they're saying like, how do we find the people that were actually wronged? It's impossible to find them. Coates comes back and says, actually, we can find them. Yeah, we can find who was wronged and who wronged them, and we can sort it out. Shouldn't Christians? Be sympathetic to no, doing that. No, I don't want to have that conversation yet. Why? Because I want to know, because every every God has his form of sanctions. Yeah. Every God has a hierarchy. Every yeah. every God has an outcome of what this relationship looks like. Right. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to identify what God they're appealing to. But can we can we and pass so, HR 40 and find out which well, God? It, yeah, see, that's exactly right. <laughs> because his God has already got a setup and sanctions for you to be able to follow. Who, who's his God? You Knox? know, his God is self. 
His yeah. God, this God of a- self. Autonomy. It's, it's, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It's, it, of course. But the yeah. truth is, I don't even care. I don't have, I even have to identify whose God is. Yeah. I know it's not the God of I'm going to identify it for you. Sure. So I, I think it's the state. Sure, part of it is. And, and, and I think you know the self yeah. lies behind yeah. that. Autonomous self lies behind that. But I think even that collapses ultimately into the collective state. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the thing that... Um, well, that's who's in charge. That's the hierarchy. I'm going to read it, yeah. the next thing. It says, Gabe says, why would we go back to the feds when they got us here? That was a good note. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Gabe. Well, well, because I mean, every every step of the way, the feds have been the one uh, who've codified slavery into our laws. Yeah, the feds are the one who codified Jim Crow laws. The feds are the one who codified right. uh, civil rights legislation. That's the, the hierarchy of the and this. Is my question? And then now Tanasi's like, feds, fix this. Exactly. What camera I, do I look at? Fix it. <laughs> that's what I want to say to him too. Is I think a lot right along the lines of what you're saying, Knox. But I want to point it back to him and, be, and, and like sort of bend it back on itself and say, yeah. so you're saying that the very people that screwed the black man. Yeah, over and over and over again, and you want to go back to those same people yep. and let them try to sort out whether yeah. we should give reparations to them or not. Yeah. yeah. Since when do you trust the feds? Yeah. Since when do you trust House of Representatives? Yeah. Since that's, when do you separate? That's right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the that's the irony in my my thinking, which is so like why do you trust them now? Yeah. Why will you do? Why will they do it right now? Right. I don't trust. This them. is the same conversation though that I'm having with Christians who are also appealing for reparations. Listen, I'm more than willing to work with you on this idea of what restitution looks yeah, like. Biblical but I restitution. But I want to define what the standard is by which we're judging all uh-huh. of these situations. Right, right. Because Amen. if you come to me with the standard outside of the gospel, outside right. of the Bible, outside of God's law, then you are also appealing to a false idol. Mm-hmm. Right. And because your sanctions and your laws and what it looks like when you break those laws, if it doesn't match up with scripture, then we're talking about a different God. Right. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The feds can't do math. Yeah. No, uh, they right, never. Right. They, no. How yeah. many gazillions of dollars of debt are we in? Do you want yeah. them to tell you? Because that's probably off. Twenty too. trillion. Yeah, I mean, it's probably about double. You, you want <laughs> them yeah, yeah, to do the math? Right. Yeah. You want th- you trust them to yeah. add and subtract yeah. and multiply obediently and faithfully and yeah. justly? Well, and we're sitting here complaining Absolutely about something not. that happened two hundred years ago, and we can't even deal with abortion. Right. So no. here's my question. So here's my question. What would Christian reparations or restitution which yeah, yeah. is the biblical word it's, for it's it. inherent inside of it what would christian restitution actually look like so I, white people feel guilty for the way that black people have been treated uh what should we what should we go after uh, well, well, no, no, i don't want to start with white people i don't want to start with white people i want to start with black people mm-hmm. i want to start up with our own stuff when we start yeah, you about, would <laughs> hey, hey, I I let burgess I, burgess i want to speak to this I, okay i'll let him go first yeah let's point to the party that was that was part of slavery kkk jim crow that has killed over 40% of our black babies, 20 million of them. State of California, 70, 75% of our black boys cannot pass standard reading and writing tests, a democratic state. Let's pay rest, restitution. How about a democratic party pay for all the misery brought to my race? And uh, those, after, after we learn our history, decide to uh, stay there, they, they should pay also, they're complicit. And every white American, Republican or Democrat that feels guilty because of your white skin, you should need to pony up also. I, I, I listen. I agree with. Is him. that a good place to start? Uh, no, and yes, no, in the sense of we are helping with the problem. Abortion itself starts first with the people who are going into the clinics to say we're hiring them. We are hiring them to help us put a hit out. Now I agree. There's been a system that's been put in place, but you still don't have to walk in there and have an abortion. So the first thing I want to do when, when yeah. we talk about repentance, yeah. true repentance first starts with the person himself 
understanding mm-hmm. his own burden of sin under the guilt of, of the gospel and saying, okay, I have my own sin. I need to repent of that. Right. Yeah. So the, when you start t- cleaning up this mess, repentance starts first with you. Right. You realize what? that you're selfish. Uh, you're, you're serving yourself um, and being a rebellion to God. That's right. Uh, and that's the fundamental and thing. So what are we doing to ourselves? What are the things that are happening that we're causing us a lot of this trouble on ourselves? Well, if you stop killing your own babies, right. if we right. stop and say, right. I mean, even my wife and I have went to our own family and said, guys, listen, we are here to help cultivate a, a, a community and a culture and a family of life. Right. If you want to have an abortion, don't. Right. We will take the child. We are here to rescue that. Right. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. the first thing I want to do is say, guys, let's stop our own murderers first. We're right. murdering our own children. Second thing I think about is husbands need to be in the black family. Yeah. yeah. Not just fathers. Right. Because everybody points to fatherlessness. Yeah. I, I think that first we need to start with husbands. Yeah. Right. Husbands need to love their wives. Yeah. And and that will help with the fatherlessness. Right. So I'm hearing you say, so let's end abortion. End abortion. Let me let's stop doing it ourselves, but yeah. then let's also love our neighbors and stop letting them even go through with it. There's a there's a concentration camp that they've set up that you can walk in for free and we just keep walking in for free. Right. So end abortion, which is the single greatest threat to black Americans yep. right now. Yep. And I think the domino effect comes from the lack and, of husbands. And then let's also stop um let's stop let's stop paying women not to marry the fathers of their children. Mm. Right? Yeah. This is what yeah. the welfare state actually does. Yeah. It actually rewards women for not marrying right. the husbands, the, the, the fathers of the children that they're bearing. And, and we've said these stats on the show before. This is after 1964, 1965. Before that, 70% of black children were raised in a two-parent household. Yeah. And after that, the stat flipped. Yeah. It is, went to 70% kids right. are now raised in a single-parent yeah. household. And here's a little preview to the last segment. Third segment coming up, we're talking with um, Rod, Rod Martin. Martin. Oh. And he says yeah. this one line in there. I want you to catch it. But he actually says in there um, that when... Uh, Christians, when entrepreneurs invent things that help people, that save a little bit of time, a little bit of money, what you're doing is, is you're freeing them to do something else productive. Yes, yeah. And this is why marriage, Christian marriage, faithful marriage, and family is so crucial and central to society. That's right. Because when a man stays with his woman That's right. and stays with the children that he's born, he's actually freeing them to do more. Yeah. And when the, he pro- and the when mother. He provides yep. for them. And then when a yep. Christian woman yep. is home, uh, loving her kids and preparing her home for her husband, he, she's giving herself away in such a way that it's freeing a man to, to go invent and create and build and mm-hmm. paint and write mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and freeing her children to grow up in that security and love and Amen. flourish That's really uh, good. and to build right. culture. Yep. And I just want to speak to this. When black culture was like that, there wasn't anything in the world that anybody can do to, to stop it. Right, right. Those are the kind of people that built Black Wall Street. Everybody wants to talk about Black Wall Street, but it was families, men loving yeah. their wives and, yeah. and working together. Keeping their marriage vows. Keeping their marriage vows. Yeah. And even that, even when it was destroyed, they couldn't stop it because it started again. There was nothing. Right. So instead of, yeah, go ahead, finish. There was, just no, there was nothing. There wasn't anything that could hinder that particular right. growth. And the, the worst thing that happened, I think Walter Williams talks about this. He says, black culture itself um, if you look at it as a nation has accumulated even through all the hardships more than even other nations right. that are larger than its accumulative uh, uh, growth. Yeah. So, so I mean, you look at black culture; they are more wealthy. Yeah. The, than this, other nations. And and when when black people worked hard, kept their marriage vows, and created good things. Yeah. This is the thing. This is why free market economy is such a blessing to everyone. Yeah. When you mm. create something good, true, or beautiful. 
it doesn't matter where it came from. That's right. Yep. Somebody out there is going to say, that's good. That's right. I want that. Can I buy yeah. that from you? That's right. Can, can we collaborate on that? Can yep. we make shoes out of your brand? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, right? they, they still do right. it. It's just, you know, there's, it's not, it, we can make it on a larger but basis. It, but it happens under a, a free economy, a place right. where you, and then if you say, no, I, I don't want to do that, then you're free to say no. Right. And, but you're, but the, the statist thing, the thing that I think you're absolutely right, Tanahasi Coates, what, whether he knows it or not, yeah. he's a brilliant man, which is, and, and I'm afraid he's a wicked man. Yeah. Cause I think he's so smart. I think he knows what he's doing. He does. Yeah. And, and, and anyways, what he's a setup for at the very least, the Trojan horse part that you're talking about is let's let the state run this. Let's let the state sort this out. But right. that, but what he wants is for the state to run it all. Yeah. Which means that it's not free. Yeah. And what that actually does is exacerbate the problem. Yeah. Because people yeah. are not actually Absolutely. freely serving yeah. one another and loving one another. Right. They're being forced to and coerced to. And then what happens is you end up resenting people more. But that's what their God produces. Yeah. That's what a, that's what yeah. an idol resentment, produces. Resentment, right. bitterness, Absolutely. Yeah, hatred. Right. And Absolutely. why, why do we have such racial animosity? They are yeah. driving our morality. Yeah. A car off the cliff, and yeah, what right. and what the leftists and the statists are saying. But the reason why is because you just didn't give us enough power last time. Just give us a little more power, and then we'll yeah. get it right. Yeah, right. No, it's a false god. Yes, yeah. what it is. It's a false god. I want to we- gift wrap this show all in our corporate sponsor, New St. Andrews. Okay, you'll see this. <laughs> you'll see this. Okay, um, packaged uh, with Doug Tenaple when we talk about truth, beauty, and goodness. Yes, and we'll see this packaged with Rod Martin. Rod Martin was a liberal arts guru in how he talked with us. Oh, man. And so that's why you guys got to think about when, when you disciple your kids successfully through <sighs> high school, you got to send your kids to New St. Andrews. It's the goal of New St. Andrews to graduate leaders who shape culture, living faithfully under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And they want to fulfill this mission. To fulfill this mission, the college provides young men and women with the highest quality undergraduate and graduate education in liberal arts and culture from a distinctively Christian and Reformed perspective. To equip them for lives of faithful service to the triune God and his kingdom and to encourage the use of their gifts for the growth of the Christian culture. You, you know NSA gets it because yep. um, their, their, uh, their little emblem, their, their, their thing is yep. sword and trowel. Yep. Yep. So they know that it's, you know, it's like, it's like Nehemiah yep. back in the day. Mm-hmm. You gotta build and you gotta fight. That's yep. right. You gotta fight and you gotta build. And so this is one of the, I mean, this is, I mean, oh man, buckle up. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready. Stand for the truth. Tell the truth, but you gotta be building yeah. something. Yeah. You gotta build a family. You gotta right. build a business. You gotta build a house. Amen. You gotta don't build take a church. And I, don't, don't let AOC call a concentration camp down at the border. None of that. Gonna I'm gonna do it. <laughs> uh, because I said it at the very beginning, so I need to. You actually did it. That's the funny part. Oh, no. <laughs> I woke up too early this morning. Doug to Naples next on Cross Politic. <laughs> That's great. You know what? I think I would say all black folks get your kids out of the government schools and start your own school. Yeah, stop I- taking money yeah. from the government. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. This makes me so mad. Yeah. Right. Logos Online School is your affordable partner in classical Christian homeschooling, offering live teacher-led instruction four days a week to students in grades seven through twelve. Our experienced, enthusiastic teachers provide instruction in math, science, literature, history, languages, Bible, apologetics, rhetoric, government, and economics. Find out why more and more Christian homeschoolers are turning to Logos Online School for the education of their children. Go to LogosOnlineSchool.com today. Do that for Doug. Are you recording? 
Let's <laughs> make sure you're recording. Because we're bringing on a man who had a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> this broke his cover. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. With us on this segment, we have Doug Tenaple. Yes. Doug Tenaple is the creator of the video game icon Earthworm Jim, oh. as well as the creator of the animated series Nickelodeon's Cat Scratch. He's an, true. he's an Eisner Award winner, writer, and artist best known for his quirky graphic novels. I would say quirk, yeah. His books Cardboard and Bad Island yep. made yep. the uh, the Yalsa list of great graphic novels. What's up, Yalsa? Yalsa. And Ghostopolis. Like library Association or something. Yeah, yeah, library. Ghostopolis made the top that. 10 list of great graphic novels for ten, uh, teens. His other works include Tommysaurus Rex and the Nanutes trilogy is that how you say it that's true newt's just newt <laughs> oh just but it newt. has two ends yeah. yeah they just that's just how they spell it yeah yeah so it's he like lives my middle name I, my middle name my, i mean my last name is tenaple and there's two ends in the middle of it yeah but you don't say call me ten and naple ten and naple i'm gonna start calling you that from now on ten naple don't give don't give gabe ideas i uh (laughs) i actually just this week well in the last couple weeks i i started buying the newts trilogy for my kids and my uh my daughter drew up a picture i shared it and and uh and doug you said that my kids are doing all right yeah they're doing it right (laughs) that that is good hardcore chestertonian fairy tale coming down to them through scholastic books that's so, brilliant and, and that. doug's from tennessee and he and his wife have four children are they baptized doug oh yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> you all right oh, praise right. the lord amen Make the lord God Hallelujah. Bless you real do you got like a water yeah, splash when they answer yes he goes mm. splash <laughs> yeah we, and we and we covered every single denomination by baptizing them as infants and as kids and letting them baptize as adults. So I, just, I, wanna, I, I both, we both appease all and offend yeah, all, pan, all at once. They're pan Baptists. Yeah, this is all going to pan out every time we get baptized. <laughs> only the first one counts, though. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good, Doug. Uh, so, how did you get into the comic book business? I've all, you know, all, I've always been, you know, I was raised like you guys on all this pop media, right? We all watched Steven Spielberg films, yeah. Star Wars, whatever. We all, uh, read some, some comic books, Spider-Man, Superman, and we all watched animated cartoons, like all those, the Flintstones and stuff like that. And so for me, uh, growing up, it was, it was my goal was I just wanted to be a showman and kind of put, and tell stories to my, friends so i used to draw my own comics yeah and it was it was really you know comics is one of the most inexpensive uh entryways into entertainment mm. because mm. you can do them by yourself if you can draw them and write them mm. yeah. you can do like what would be equivalent to like a you know a 300 million dollar movie uh on paper and it costs you nothing to do you could do star wars let's say in comic book form sure so that's kind of a, a poor frustrated director tv guy whatever and i'm not that uh, a, a good enough of a writer to pull off a full-blown novel like uh like our buddy nate wilson yeah <laughs> <laughs> said, I, I i need these drawings to help me yeah so i i've, I've always drawn and, and i just went to comics like a duck to water and i've always drawn my own comics even when i storyboard my own animation i did started wanting cartoons for a while or video games i would draw out the 
storyboards of what the game would look like. So when it was time to go into comics, right around 1998, I did my first one called Gear. And I sold those rights to Nickelodeon. That became the animated series Cat Scratch. And I took the main characters out of Gear and we made an animated series out of it. And from and then I my next book was called Creature Tech, which was the first kind of uh, I go there needs to be more sci-fi uh, uh, stories of of faith, and and so I that was my kind of my testimony uh, put down in comic book form, and I sold the movie rights for half a million dollars to Fox. <laughs> so wow. so from then on, every comic that I did, I've sold about probably about almost two-thirds, about 60% of them into Hollywood. And that's been my main income. And being a man of faith, you know, they always held their nose at some of the faith topics in them, or they might scrub them out of the story by the yeah. time they go into you know development or whatever. Sure. But they really liked the story because I always told kind of pro-father, pro-family, pro-family. Uh, uh, light and, and truth, beauty and goodness. And yeah. that was very attractive to them from a story standpoint. Yeah. And so then they've, and they've bought them and I've, and I've sold almost all my work to all my publishers in Hollywood to secular progressive. Yeah. So <laughs> at the same time, then sitting there, just you know, they would insult my, most people, most in the audience who are leftists, uh, absolutely go to war against me and want my career over. Mm-hmm. And uh, they launched giant uh, Twitter campaigns to get me deplatformed. They launch them against my YouTube channel. Wow. They get me, uh, They every time I put out a, a comic, they write math letters or emails to my publishers saying, Doug is a homophobe and a transphobe. You have to stop doing business with this guy. We will not buy any more of your books. Wow. And even now I'm launching that Earthworm Gym Cam, uh, comic book campaign on Indiegogo yeah. and you know Backer Kit does my marketing and they're a Bay Area company and they put up one Backer Kit ad on Facebook and I mean it got smashed by these hardened leftists and they said uh, that I I hate gays I hate trans I hate women and I hate black <laughs> so chocolate knock I just wanted to say can't believe my uh, you can't believe my reputation that proceeds. Uh, no, I'm a little confused. How you guys didn't talk to me about that? We had a racist on the show. Yeah, yeah. You know they did this before. They had a police officer on the show. Then they had a sheriff on the show. They keep doing this to me. I don't know how I appreciate now, that. Now we got Doug Tenable. Now, so Doug, what are they you saying? <laughs> what, what, what? They, they, they Trojan horse me. Yeah. Mm, there's a lot of that going on right now. But what are you saying that are making people scream so loud against you? Because I was part of my question was how in the world do you have a job in this industry being so yep. forward about your Christianity? I'm wondering now, like that's obvious that you, well, you, you, they just love your work because it's just, yeah. it's, it's funny. Yeah. They like the things yeah. that are truth and beautiful and, and, and honest and, and yeah. have strong characters. But what are you saying that makes them scream so loud? I'm well, first of all, I'm as baffled as you that I get to, that I am capable of, of making an income in this, hostile environment that mm-hmm. just keeps happening. Yeah. Earthworm Jim the comic is now just about to hit 300,000. And Amen. I'm totally independently raising that money. That's in just over a month. Yeah. That's awesome. So in, in a way, um, the things that I say that are the, the most infuriating is number one, I say, I don't believe in gay marriage. I believe in traditional marriage. Yeah. I don't, I believe there's only two genders. And I've said this for, publicly for 20 years i believe jesus is the only way of salvation and the only way to to god 
Yeah. I believe the Bible is inerrant. I believe it's true. I believe all of it's true. I don't believe that in, I believe that uh, global climate change uh, is largely a political movement about uh, buckling the, uh, the free market under the state. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in, I don't believe in evolution whatsoever. I believe there's mm. zero evidence for it. Yeah. And just saying those things, uh, which, and I say it very matter of factly, and I'm, and I'm very open to discussions on this. I talk about this all. I have, I have gay couples on my show. I have trans people on my show. I have atheists on my show all the time. I treat them with the, the kind of love and respect that I think God commands me to. It right. throws them off, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, just to really dig into them and, and really love them as people. But it never meant agreement. Right. You know, in my worldview that I was always, because I've only met people who disagreed with me and I've been able to get along yeah. with them fine. Are you saying these things in your comics as well? Or is this just kind of like your personal, how you, how you vocalize yourself? Oh, it's, I, I, I can count on my hand, maybe, maybe five comics where I brought up anything remotely controversial as far as my faith and politics. Okay. I mean, there it's in there. And the way that I do that is just if I'm writing something and, and it occurs to me that this character in this context would talk about something, then he does. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're with a, with a farming family and they're about to have a meal, then they would pause to have a prayer. Right. That, that makes it more country and more culturally show. So, and if I, and if, by the way, if I find a killer atheist who has a killer anger at God because he lost his child or something, I'll let him fly yeah. with it and say, you know, God, why do you allow suffering to happen? That, that you know, the, uh, the Epicurean uh, problem, you know. Sure. I, so I'm, I'm honest on both sides, but they only noticed it on one side because we're all, they're all kind of culturally programmed by the spirit of the age to absolutely mm. point this stuff out as hateful and inappropriate and rude mm-hmm. and everything else they say. You don't have to hear people say GD and blessing God or whatever every sure. day. Sure. And that's just supposed to be taken as normal or you're approved. So you can see kind of the mass gaslighting going both ways. Right, I just yeah. treat it kind of normal. I don't get why I'm able to keep making money. There's lots of years where I flat out starve and I just figure mm. it's, it's in God's hands. He doesn't owe me a job. And, I, and my job is to tell the truth and do these stories for as long as it's legal. I'll just do it underground. Do, you know? now, so, now, how about this? How, is a new person a young a young kid wants to get uh, to become a graphic design artist uh, write comics and so forth um you have the luxury of kind of being a little legacy before things really got too pc to get into this world how would you counsel a young man to get going and make money i would yeah and make money and this really is my that's my message with this indiegogo campaign is i hope to show a lot of you know my kids are they started homeschool, but now they go to a classic academy under Dr. Grant. You know, he's, that's he's right. School classical Christian. Hey, hey, George yeah. Grant. And, and and they're very big on um, uh, entrepreneurs and, and starting their own business. And I think Indiegogo and YouTube channels and, and the show that you guys put on are great examples of starting independent businesses to go out and be bold. And mostly because you have to find your own start protecting yourself from these larger corporations who are more likely to sell out 
by finding your own kind of patrons and, and artists that are into your message and right. get them loyal to you. Yeah. And that's Indiegogo is a way that I can directly go to my backers. And that really was because I assumed sooner or later, no corporation is going to be able to work with me. So that's this is right. kind of me building out my, my protective yes. business of people who are, and by the way, I have atheists and gays in my audience who absolutely support me, but they believe in the legal free speech and they back me up on that all the way and yeah. by the work. So I'm very appreciative of, of the large percentage of my audience that actually really disagree with my values. But believe, but we do have in common the value that this is a, a, a rare, that, that religious uh, freedom and the ability to express yourself publicly with religion is probably the rarest quality that America has, Ooh. still has. Mm. Uh, this is one of the things I've been, I've only been following you for a little while, Doug, I confess. Me too. But, Shane, uh, hey, Shane. Doug invited me into his house when I came out. To what? Yeah. 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 yeah, you're friends with everybody, Gabe. That's, no, that's not what my point was. I'm that, just, you only got I'm the invitation once, didn't you? But, yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Did he invite yeah. you back, Hey, though? Doug, what happened when I was there last? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing, yeah. that, the thing that I was going to point out, though, is that one of the surprising things has been how many uh gays lesbians trans leftists um i've seen be standing up for you yeah Hmm. that's right and that's right and so you're in this food fight and yet um i think um the fact that you treat these people with dignity and respect as jesus commands us to um you've won friends who probably vehemently disagree with your worldview but nevertheless yeah. are willing to defend you. So what are some words of wisdom and advice for Christians? Like how do you be wise in a world where the, 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 the cultural elites, political elites, you know, hate our guts, yeah. Um, yeah. want to destroy yeah. us. And, and yet um, we're, we're called to just be faithful here. What are your words of advice for people, maybe in other industries as well, but just how do you be a public person who's faithful to sure. Jesus and is sure. respectful? Well, but the public person thing comes from my personality type, which is I'm, when I turned six foot eight, I wanted to just hide from everyone. I didn't want to be around them, but God made me six foot eight. And, and, and so I could never hide. If I'm going to stick out and I can't hide, I'm going to run this show. Yeah. So I'm, so I, I became much more vocal and loud and kind of life of the party guy. If someone ever has an open mic to me, I will, I will speak or I will sing. No matter how bad it is, and I just I just felt like I can't be vocally uh, funny or goofy or a storyteller about everything but my faith. That that is suspect mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, yeah. So so to quieter people, I don't expect quieter people to suddenly get out a bullhorn and stand on a corner. Mm, sure, they might be more quietly share their faith, but I'm a loud person. Yeah, and so I I have an obligation to give God. Uh, the credit where, you know, where he deserves it, which is uh, always, you yeah. know, and everything. And so I, I just think if, if a creator, a young creator out there coming up is just more natural about it, you know, like just be, be yourself about it. I don't think it has to be an iron wheel discipline to share the gospel in a way that is not you and you're not comfortable. Because if you look at the different ways that Peter, Paul, and even Jesus share the gospel, they're in very different kind of format. Yeah. And I'm only suspect if you never share it at all. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of think you you need to share your life and you need to share yeah. Yeah. your heart and your love and your body that you've been given with other mm-hmm. people at some point. So you ought to be sharing at some point, but it, it's not like it has to be every time you sit by someone on the on the airplane and go up, oh, I gotta try and what 
Tom. Yeah. Right. It, it never happens like that. But in normal day-to-day conversation, you'll be exposed to friends and family or people in big trouble. Hey, I have cancer or something. And I just go, oh, may I pray for you? And, you know, I, 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 or I always tell them, and I can ask them permission. I go, well, I won't pray for you. <laughs> and I've never had an atheist <laughs> get mad at me for, for that one. So, yeah. But, it, it but seems- be tactical. Don't, don't, I, I always say, I choose when I want to fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to go and throw this thing out there and get in a big old fight that um, maybe I'll lose or maybe I'm just going to obviously get dogpiled or something. And mm. So you choose when you're going to fight. Don't don't get cowed or suckered into a fight just because someone's offending your face. And these are obviously swine. You're going to throw your portals in front of them. They're going to get stomped in the mud. Yeah. It, that doesn't make it the right time just because someone is saying something X or Y. Be tactical. And and know what you're talking about. So do mm. your studies so you don't come off half cocked. Like, and I and I really do think our people are pretty well versed in Christianity. But make sure that you know what you're what you're talking about. Right. And you know it doesn't it doesn't get much more complicated than that. But definitely, I think Christians aren't bold enough in general that we're mm, we're yeah. cowed into silence. Right. And yep. it really concedes the point. It really is saying we don't think that God is real and the scriptures are real and they won't hold up in the public forum. Mm. And it's just BS that the public is saying, making up whatever, you know, argument um, against the things that we believe that you're giving that you're saying you win and you're right. And that's why I should speak. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, man. There's okay. I got to ask this question because as somebody who's in the industry yourself, and watching what's yeah. going on with, uh, you know, the abortion stuff that's happening, especially like in Georgia. Netflix. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of stuff and you find a question in here. Okay. This is like the worst type of host you can be, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I'll let you find the question. But with all the stuff that's going on in Georgia, I've kind of watched secular companies really show their flags one way or another, especially right now in, in Gay Pride Month. I mean, I love Masterclass and I look at Masterclass and they got their M and then they got my lovely rainbow that it, I know they're yep. not meaning what I mm-hmm. want them to mean with that rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, right. and, and I'm watching these guys fly their colors and then, you know, we've had people who've been interested in cross politics one way or other, but as they might not want to associate in the same way because they don't want to, you know, fly their colors, <laughs> you know, and so as you're watching what's going on in Georgia, I mean, these secular companies don't seem to have a problem flying their colors, and Christians are kind of like, eh, I don't know. But what do you make of the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, I don't expect ignorant secular companies to act wise, right, first of all. Sure. So it shouldn't surprise us when they make stupid moves or incongruous arguments, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, like they're all trying to get all of their their media and their works into uh, China and Muslim states that are just horrifying to gays, and then they'll just boycott, you know, one state. They're they're virtue signaling. So I don't expect fairness or consistency from the world. So that really shouldn't surprise any of us that they do these dumb moves. And to me, it's kind of weird because I, you know, as I did my research on, on, even on Pride Month, like it's flat out as a, it's a socialist, uh, yeah. political movement mm. and has been taken out, you know, it's largely been, uh, it's been taken over and, and they kind of use gays as like a useful idiot, oh. you know, in the whole thing. So I don't, mm. that rainbow flag, you know, I see Xbox has their, they yep. changed yep. their icon to it and 
Cartoon Network does it. Even even my publisher, Scholastic, has a big, you know, Pride Month, you know, presents kids' graphic novels. This is my publisher. Yeah. And I'm one of, you know, of, of those books, uh, Cardboard and all those. So yeah. I'm, I'm in bed with them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're my partners. But I don't, I don't, I won't be silent about the Pride Month and the rain, what the rainbow flag, you know, yeah. the, what they've taken it over to mean. I'm against it. And I think it's largely a political organization. The same way that a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, black pride movements, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I believe start legitimately. And then the left sees power and they just move right in. They moved That's into right. the green movement. They yep. moved into feminism. Yep. And you'll just see it. And, and they take them all for granted as useful idiots. Mm-hmm. And then, and suddenly, they hide behind that, you know, the, the gay agenda because they know that it's uh, politically popular this year. Right. But really, they're pushing leftism and they get angry. At, they don't want conservative gays in there. Sure. They don't yeah. want conservative, mm. uh, you know, yeah. fe- uh, feminists in the women's movement. Conservative and, and they start to show yeah. their, their political colors uh, pretty quickly, discredit the organization. It largely doesn't have that much social power. So Netflix can announce, or, or Disney, or all these companies can announce they're, gonna, they're not going to do business in X or Y state. And I would just tell the states, you know, be tactical, but stand firm. And usually they'll they'll concede or go away or change. Wow. Usually, and but 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 they can they can screw themselves into the into the brink all they want. Meanwhile, Chick Fil A is on. the number three fast food joint in the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. My my comic is has raised three hundred thousand dollars on Indiegogo, yeah, yeah. and and somehow we find a way to survive, even though there's this like super woke five to ten percent that are trying to suck all the air out of room and remember <laughs> what to buy, what not to That's buy, right. and people still buy whatever they play, the games they want to play and they watch yeah. the movies they want to and they be friends with the people they want to be friends with yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. I, I just want to encourage our audience to find artists like doug and support him yeah. and what they're doing well, I was we'll gonna, send out a link i'm to gonna point website. it to right yeah. now go to indiegogo.com slash projects slash earthworm jim the comic book and let's uh let's push him over the let's blow it up yeah. like let's blow it up he's three thousand from 300k let's get to half a million and just Amen. remember i mean Quality wins. Yeah. Truth, yeah. goodness, beauty wins. And you need money for that. That's right. And and yeah. so get busy. Thanks for being on the show, Doug. Thank you, Doug. More cross politics when we come back. Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum local like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical, Christian, get connected, get community. My cup's empty. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. I've been up since... 4.30 this morning. It's good to have that hunger. I need some yeah. food. Let it, let it burn. I'm mad now. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Thank you to our members. And if you're not a member yet, what's, Shame on what's you. wrong with you? Hey, on, on this segment, we have with us on the line Mr. Rod Martin. Rod Martin is founder and CEO of the Martin Organization a technology entrepreneur. He's a 
futurist, a hedge fund manager, and a thought leader from Destin, Florida. In fact, he told us a minute ago that he's just hanging out uh, in the, the white privileged beaches of, of <laughs> Destin, Florida. What do you mean by that? Fox Business calls him a tech guru. Gawker once labeled him a brilliant nonconformist. Gawker is really? I think I like that. And Britain's Guardian describes him as a philosopher capitalist. Ooh. Ooh. Mr. Martin was part of PayPal's pre-IPO startup team. He served... PayPal? Yeah. Served as special counsel to founder and CEO Peter Thiel and also served... Peter Thiel? Oh, my goodness. Guys... (laughs) And also served as policy director to former Governor Mike Huckabee. Whoa. I've, inter- I've interviewed Huckabee. Have you? Thanks, also- mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. Rub that in. He also act- is active in a variety of charitable and educational endeavors, including service as advisory board chairman for Support the and cross-politics. National <laughs> Federation of Republican <laughs> Assemblies, as a member of the Board of Contributors at Stratford, and on the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's how I met America's him. largest Protestant denomination. Rod, thanks for being on Cross-Politic. Hey, you guys are awesome. It's a thrill to be here. Oh, man. Well, I don't even know where to start. Um, how did you break into this business world? Where, where did you get your start? I mean, how, I mean, how are you hanging out with Peter Thiel and, and PayPal? <laughs> well, we had friends, uh, musical friends who, uh, you know, they're getting the band together. And uh, uh, a buddy of mine, Eric Jackson, calls me up and says, hey, Peter's got a job that's perfect for you. Call him. And I called Peter, and Peter's like, cool, you know, let's get together. And we visited for a couple hours, and I started two days later. And uh, <laughs> but, and, and that was not my intent. I absolutely never intended to do that. I was, I was, uh, I'd worked for Mike Huckabee, who's a great friend and loving to death. And, and uh, then I was going to run for Congress, and yeah. uh, I had my plan. I'm going to run. You know, because it's a Democrat state back then. You know, we didn't even have, in the entire time Mike was governor, we never had one third of either house of the state legislature Republican. Wow. Never did. In 10 and a half years, he was governor. And and so, you know, it was really an uphill slog. Now they've got super majorities, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like that then. And uh, so I figure I'm going to run for Congress probably three times to be able to win. And uh, that's my plan, and I'm going to go do this and that and the other, and then I get this phone call, and mm. it's off to PayPal, and God completely changed my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> off to PayPal, and God... <laughs> He's like, you aren't going to go into politics. So, now, uh, so Rod, <laughs> is your is your background and your education and training, is it more on the technology side or on the economic side, or is it really both? I'm a little more like Peter. Peter had uh, deg- has degrees in... Uh, philosophy, economics, and law. I have degrees in in uh, poli sci and and uh, 18th century political economy <laughs> stuff like that, and law. Yeah, so, uh, I'm I'm what my constitutional law professor called one of the arts and crafts guys. You know, <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to the smart people who can actually code or something real. Uh, but you know, it takes the arts and crafts guys. You got to have the guys That's who right. get the other stuff he's and, the arts and uh, crafts and so guy that, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like the film industry you know everybody wants to be the craft service guy because who doesn't like craft services yeah right, right? <laughs> so no oh yeah there you go yeah. well you know max levchin is truly one of the most brilliant people on planet earth and an amazing story he was cto at paypal he invented all that stuff uh not by himself but but more than anybody else yeah and um 
truly an amazing guy. He was MIT's Innovator of the Year in 2004 because he invented software that that stopped the Russian mafia from hacking our system and <laughs> stealing all the money. Where's I mean, he he's at? just an amazing guy. But, you know, he knew stuff, and Peter, who didn't have a technical background, knew completely different stuff. Yeah. And together, it was a miracle. It was just unbelievable. And, you know, Peter can't code. I mean, not really. And and Max couldn't have led the business the same way Peter did. And, you, and you know, it's, it's, like, it's like the cooperative program. We're better together. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things, so we have two shows on the network, um, How to Build a Tent. And then uh, Law and Profit. So Marcus, two guys, you met Marcus Pittman. The other guy's Matt Williams. And they did a show where basically saying technology has been owned by the pagans. They've owned all of it. They are the ones who invested the last 15 years inside of tech. And Christian businessmen have been the, the few. They've invested in everything but what's been the social media platforms, what's been the tech world, what's been in, in advancing um, the world in a lot of ways. And and but they've kind of laid it and said, what's where's a Christian business investors at? And They've really been quiet. And then all of a sudden I bump into you and you started telling me like what PayPal did and what you did there. And, and I said, wow, th these guys do exist. Can you explain? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to be clear, Christians are kind of dumb about this stuff. I mean, we don't think strategically. We just don't. I just, mean, just to be clear, tell us what you really think. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we let the media get away from us in, you know, the middle of the 20th century, and we, we have let technology get away from us. And, and some of that is just God's sovereignty in action, I'm sure, for mm. a variety of reasons. But, but still, we could be smarter. We could be better at this. And we tend to show up late, uh, mm. and not, not just a day late, but, but years and decades late and many dollars short and it's time we quit that we why? need to think more strategically why why, Look, why do honestly, we do that well you know some of it's probably eschatology i mean if, mm. if you believe that that the world's going to end next tuesday then you're not going to invest in the long term the same way wow and, and my answer to that is look it doesn't really matter if the world ends tuesday or if it ends in 20,000 years, we're commanded to occupy until he comes. Yeah. So, so I don't know when my master is going to require an account of me. I need to kill it in the time I've got. Hey, man. Hey, man. That's, that's he, keeping he, your talents. He, he, Wasn't it Charles Spurgeon who said, if I knew that Jesus was going to come tomorrow, I'd plant a tree today? Is that Charles Spurgeon? I, I, think, I think it's Spurgeon. Yeah. I, I think it is, and, and that's absolutely right. And, and that's how we need to think, because if everybody thought that the world was going to end next Tuesday 2,000 years ago, they'd have exactly the same amount of scriptural basis for it, and they'd be 2,000 years Ooh. off minimum. Wow. So, so we can't think that way. We have, to, we have to be ready for the Lord to return at any moment, but we have to act like he isn't going to come for a very long time, and we have to be good stewards of what he's given us, our gifts, our yeah. talents, our resources— Whatever it is he's given us, we got to work out his creation to his satisfaction in what little moment we have of life. Mm. And and we're working really hard on that here. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. We, we, I want to talk wow. about what you're doing in just a second. But first, you got to tell me, you blew my mind. Tell me the value to our shame. PayPal has done a lot <laughs> to our shame to build the kingdom. What have they done? You, you started in this little village and ended up all the way across the world. Could you do that for me? <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, 
PayPal these days is run by people who don't necessarily share some of the values that we did in the beginning, and that's unfortunate, but hopefully the market will encourage them to uh, think a little <laughs> less less yeah. on certain things. But back in the day, it wasn't that way. And uh, the, the main reason, uh, not the main reason that there was ever a PayPal, but the animating vision uh, early on for, I know quite a few of the, the uh, actual founders, and I wasn't a founder, I came a little bit later. Uh, those guys saw the devaluation in Argentina, which was just horrible. I mean, that, those are words that mean nothing to most people, but what it is is, the government sold two thirds yeah. of the value of everybody's bank account yeah. in a oh, day. Uh-huh. Wow. And, you know, Mexico had done the same thing a few years earlier. And, and these guys are all wicked smart and they think about things like that. And they were kind of like, Hey, you know, what if we made it possible for absolutely anybody to have an offshore account for free where their government couldn't steal all their money? Wow. Now, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a how you, you fight communism with a little capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now that's a bigger vision than PayPal itself was ever able to accomplish because we sold the company pretty early in its life cycle. Yeah. But that's kind of what Bitcoin is about. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of the same thing in in that respect. But but what but what you're talking about, David? You know, we set out to come up with a way for people to be able to make transactions online, and that sounds kind of passe now because you can do it with anything but you couldn't then so like you've got an ebay seller and they've got stuff and they want to ship it to somebody but they don't know if they're going to get paid right and the guy wants to pay for it doesn't know if he's going to be able to get his stuff if he sends a check right so so paypal for one example and it became a pretty important example in the early days um paypal was a way for you to pay that guy and he knows the money's there and he can ship his stuff. And you know, the guy who pays gets his money back if the stuff doesn't come. So, so it was a really, really cool idea. But, but here's what came of it that, that you're interested in, Mr. Knox. Uh, <laughs> the important thing is not so much that we went from zero to 25 million customers in two and a half years, mm. which is awesome. Wow. Or, or that we, had the first technology pure play IPO after the tech bust or, you know, the first big multi-billion dollar merger after the bust, you know, those things are all cool. But I think what's even cooler is that it's been estimated that in that first two and a half years, we enabled the creation of about 2 million small businesses. Wow. And the reason for that, if you think about it, it's actually pretty simple. If you've ever tried to get a credit card merchant account, you know, the problem Huh. They're not going to underwrite some little old lady in India who's got some craft she wants to sell to hippies in That's California. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to be able to take MasterCard. She doesn't even have electricity to her hut. Uh. I mean, that's not going to happen. Wow. So, so PayPal let you take Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express, and ACHs from checking accounts with nothing but your email address and a password. Wow. And that's just transparent. Formative. It opened up global commerce for the little guy. And that's wow. really what we want to do. That's what yeah. capitalism really is. It's about finding, you know, people who have problems, solving their problems, giving them a way to have a solution to their problems, and then 
they still have the freedom to say no and not take your solution. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what liberty is. And it's, it's <laughs> biblical and it's just an application of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And what a way to love your neighbor too. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, really yeah. That, that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. And, and this is something that I, I think I got this from George Gilder, which is somebody you probably know. Um, oh, I love him dearly. But, but, <laughs> Great friend. but just talking about the idea of, of protecting information is, is a real central theme that he brings up a lot and and you've just given me a, a cool little picture that's what paypal did it basically said we'll protect you while you make this transaction uh-huh. and and yeah. that, and what you're doing is you're actually making space for that love your neighbor as yourself freedom that liberty yeah and and it just uh, giving them a little little safety net hey we'll protect you so you can make this free exchange Okay. Okay. I got three questions. Okay. But first, I I have to talk about you said you want to beat Elon Musk in space. Are you crazy? What? (laughs) Well, okay. Probably. (laughs) Because Elon's amazing and he has a 20 year head start. Okay. You know, that's nothing. But I'm encouraged. I am encouraged by the fact that Bill Boeing, I don't think, even set foot on an airplane until like 1919 or something. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, the Wright brothers are going in 1903. Maybe he started Boeing in 1919, but it was a long time. Sure. You know, there have been airplanes for a while. There's been a whole world war, and Bill Boeing is mm. just getting started. Yeah. And when did you last fly on a Wright airliner? So, <laughs> right. That's you right. know, That's right. no offense to Elon, because I'm a, you know, I am totally in love with what Elon's doing. I think SpaceX is amazing, and I know a lot of conservatives disagree, but I think there's a very, very strong argument for the importance of Tesla and why it really matters to to the global future, but especially the American future. Ignore ignore the environmental arguments, which are significant, but ignore that. Just the fact that we have in an electric car the ability to power the entire auto fleet by multiple sources of energy and not just one is a tremendous strategic advantage to the country that implements that. And it is an, it empowers us not to be dependent on, as was the case for most of the last 50 years, enemies in the foreign sphere. Yeah. Sure. There yeah. are wars that we probably fought that we wouldn't have fought, or at least wouldn't have fought the same way, if we hadn't had to power an automobile with gasoline. Mm. And, and I'm not against oil or gasoline at all. In fact, I just think it's awesome. But, <laughs> but being able to power that car or that truck from not just gas, but also natural gas or, God forbid, coal or, or nuclear or fusion or, or, you know, solar power stations in orbit or whatever, that makes America safer. And you can argue about cleaner because I understand all of the environmental ramifications of all these lithium-ion batteries, but still, it's headed in the right direction, right. and I like that too. But but the, just the just the geopolitical ramifications of electric are great. And Elon took that ball that everybody thought was absolutely crazy and ran it into the end zone. And I'm mm-hmm. really really thrilled with what he's doing there. But the space thing is way bigger, and I beg your next question is why. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's I don't my like question. that. I don't like that you're this so, far ahead of so, me. So, Rod, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, it, if that is in fact the implied question, yes. uh, look, we're right where we were in 1500, and I can't stress that enough. 
Now, if you're China, we may be where we were in like 1430, and I'll get to that. Okay. But in 1500, there was an entire rest of the world that that nobody in Europe knew was there. Mm. Nobody in China either. And that part of the world has actually become dominant. Mm. Yeah. 500 years in the span of human history is not very much. And it became not just, maybe not all the way dominant, but, but absolutely such as to not be ignorable long mm. before 500 years. Mm-hmm. America was 30% of the population of, of the British Empire at the point of independence. Wow. So, you know, what Britain lost in 1783 is really a big deal to the future of that empire. Wow. And that was a world of empires in that day. So, okay, yeah. what are you talking about with space? Well, the Western Hemisphere is smaller than the eastern hemisphere but space is way bigger than earth (laughs) and you're not talking about you're not talking about one planet you're talking about a universe and you say well yeah but we're not going to go to any nearby galaxy anytime soon well you don't really know that i mean in 1947 people said you couldn't break the sound barrier but later that year you did right so so I don't know where technology leads us, but I know that if all you had was today's technology and you could make it more reliable and more cheaply, you could open up the entire solar system and there are so many resources just nearby, just near Earth asteroids, just things whizzing past us all the time, that you completely upend the current economy of the world. You know, we're having, you know, China just Mm. threatened the United States, hey, we'll embargo you on rare earth minerals. Okay, well, that's fine, but we'll just go get them off a near-Earth asteroid or off the moon. And now we've got more than ever existed here ever. And and it just changes everything. That iPhone in your pocket, that costs $1,000. You change the cost of what's in it, and now that's a $10 iPhone, maybe, or $100. Mm. It, It doesn't really matter. Because the point is, whatever the difference is, if it's if it's nine hundred and ninety dollars or if it's nine hundred dollars, doesn't matter. That's a tremendous amount of value freed up, multiplied by the total number of people who have oh, yes. one. Right. Yeah. Spread across all the people who would like to have one who can't afford it. Right. And everybody, everybody who's affected by that, all of a sudden has tremendously more opportunity to do other things. Right. And you know, it's not just that. I mean, there's this multi-trillion-dollar asteroid that they're planning to go visit uh, shortly. That's mostly nickel and iron. Wow. Well, there are a lot of things made of nickel and iron. If you collapse the price of it, that's going to be a short-term disruption for certain companies, but it's going to be a long-term boon to humankind. Okay, wow. so kind of like, and it's good for well, the environment because so, so, you're getting asteroids out of the air. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not you're not strip mining. You're, yeah. you're not tearing up rainforest. Yeah. And this is I what, don't understand why the hippies aren't all over this. Yeah, they ought to be. This is the kind. This is the way you think when you recognize that God made the world. That's right. When yeah. God, when God made the world, He loaded it with treasure. That's right. He loaded it with he with glory. And Christians of all people should be the ones saying, "Let's go get it." Oh man, let's go get yeah. this. Is our, this is our Father's world? And Christians historically did. And that's actually the point I was alluding to a minute ago when I mentioned 1500 versus 1430. Yeah. In the early part of the 1400s, the Chinese Admiral Zhang He had an entire fleet of ships 
each of which could have carried all three of Columbus's ships in their hull. Wow. And he's sailing all over the east and, and got as far as Zanzibar off the east coast of Africa. Yeah. And then the Chinese government decided to shut that all down, that they didn't need all these foreign influences in China, and they burned his fleet and wouldn't let him leave the country. Wow. So, <laughs> so the net result of that within, okay, long time from their perspective, but from our perspective, okay, a few centuries later, Europe is dominating China. Yeah. Imagine uh, if fact, China discovered the wow. U.S., you know. Yeah. So, China okay. could have owned the world. Yeah. You know, while while England and France were still fighting the Hundred Years' War. Right. Mm. And in the middle of the Black Death. Right. Uh, well, no, that's a century earlier. But but you get the idea. Yeah. They would have been able to overrun Europe. Okay, so, okay, wait, wait, wait. So, right, you blow my head right now. So, let me <laughs> yeah. let me put my wig back Got on. Got that emoji. Yeah, just- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it that you right now, how are you taking dominion for God right now with, with what you're doing in business? What are you thinking big well, about? we have several... We have several things we're involved in. Uh, we're doing a lot of biotech right now. Uh, we've got we've got an internet venture, and I have a I have a friend actually right there in Moscow, Idaho, Ben Newsman. Yeah. You guys know? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We know oh, Ben. Nav- Navigo. Yeah, he should come on the show and talk about Navigo at some point. Yeah. And uh, I've been involved in helping him with that a little bit. But we've got we've got a bunch of biotech stuff. We just finished a fifty million dollar raise for uh, a, a pharmaceutical company called Galactin Therapeutics. We've got a drug going into phase three trials that can, so far, looks like it can reverse cirrhosis of the liver. And it looks like it may be able to do some pretty cool things with cancer, too. So oh. we're excited about that. We think that's going to be a big deal. And we've got a couple billionaires on that board and a former CEO of Apple. And, uh, well, you're going to be you're going to be competing with Joe Biden on that because he said he's going to cure cancer. Mm. Well, I, I think we're going to beat him on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even have to be president, right? <laughs> you know, the, honestly, the bag lady in the alley can probably beat Joe Biden. To that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> this <laughs> man's got jokes. <laughs> That's good. Seriously. This yeah. is a really cool deal, and yeah. uh, and we that company, it, these guys had brilliant technology. They didn't understand business. They kind of ran it into the ground, and and we formed a fund to uh, rescue the company. And we we took it over here a few years ago, restructured it, brought in a world class team, and now I think it's on its way to really great things. So that's one of the things that we do. We try to fix little broken birds and help them fly. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, we've got a, we've got an imaging technology company that I'm, I'm working to launch right now. And we've got another pharmaceutical venture, uh, that we're working on with a former head of oncology from the Mayo Clinic. So, Chris, and, God. so uh, basically uh, everything, barely, barely yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not busy. Yeah. Rod, Rod, last thing real quick is, so talk to our, our audience Thank you. Was um, about, you know, living in this world where so much of the cultural, political, media world is antagonistic to the gospel, antagonistic to Christians, uh, telling us that we're haters, we're bigots, and, you know, you need to, you know, completely change or go home and stay away out of the public square. Um, you've, you're a man who's been working out there in public. You're rubbing shoulders with these people who are changing the world literally in, in, with technology and science and medicine and so on. Um, what is your word uh, to our audience? Um, how should they think about 
um, being faithful in this world uh, in today's climate? Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I always thought that was kind of a weird statement because, you know, grew up in the church, grew up in the South. You know, why would I be ashamed of the gospel? Maybe he's talking about getting up your courage to go witness. No, people are ashamed of the gospel all the time. They're ashamed of the idea that God created the heavens and the earth. They're ashamed of the idea that Mm. there is a universal truth claim made by a being who is invisible. Mm. They're ashamed of the fact that they can't perfectly explain everything we know about apologetics. They they feel like the world has all these answers and they don't. Mm. And I would tell them something from my legal training which is just really very simple, and it applies to everything, and it applies in business, and it applies in tech. And it's just this, that all truth is established through testimony. I didn't personally invent anything having to do with PayPal, and I didn't personally invent anything having to do with any of this biotech stuff we're doing. I trust people who have shown themselves to be trustworthy to know what they're talking about, yeah. and I have amassed through through long accumulation and trial and error the wisdom tools to be able to assess whether they're right or wrong mm-hmm. or full of crap or whatever. Yeah, but right. but look, look, God is either who He says He is or He isn't. So if you say you believe in God, you need to believe what He says. Yeah. It's Amen. one or the other. Yeah, and look. The demons believe also and shudder. They get it. They just don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> so if we say that we like him, if we if we actually profess to love him, you can start with doing what you did for your own mommy and daddy when you were three and just trust them to know what they're doing. Yeah. And and that's really the biggest thing. When when Jesus talks about the faith of a child, he's not talking about childishness. And he's not talking about not being a critical thinker. He's saying that the young child just knows that he doesn't know how there's a roof over his head. And he doesn't know how food is produced, but he knows daddy's going to bring it up. Come Come on now. And, And that's what faith is. That's all it is. We trust our father. So our father speaks to certain issues out in the world. We should believe him on those issues, and we should unashamedly stand on what our daddy told us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm reading through Matthew right now, and Jesus just keeps repeating, faith, have faith in me, have faith in me, faith in him. I'm in the yeah. middle of uh, uh, chapters 12 through, I think, 16. Yeah, believe and in me. Believe in me, faith in yeah. me. That's really good. And then, and then it's, and that's like, we, we overcomplicate it. Yeah. But it's not really that It's hard. not that complicated. Yeah. This is God's right. world. This is our Father's world. Yeah. Jesus bought it. We should, we should walk in it. Boldly, cheerfully, gladly. Amen. It all belongs to him. Offering time, rodmartin.com, right? Rodmartin.com. You can follow Martin. Dot org. Dot org. Rodmartin.org. I'm sorry. You should get dot com too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, brother. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show, brother. Really appreciate you. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics.